All right, we're back. We're back. <coughs> we're back. Back again. With episode 59 of the Guardian Project Podcast, I'm your host, Andy, and because you hear me talking, you know that I have jump-started this episode. Oh, wow. You can take two packs and smash them together. Smash them up, and I hope I get a Tiny Bones and a brew back. I'll make you discard and mill. That's not, that's that that's sounds actually idea. pretty fun. Yeah. That's good. And I'm your co-host, Mike Coyle. And so my local home improvement store has this new program uh, where you can bring in your old gardening equipment and trade it in for what they have in stock. They called it the Gilded Rake program. <laughs> Please listen carefully. Oh. Yep. That's what I got this week, guys. Is this, <laughs> this is the podcast that, you know, I hope you're listening to, where yeah. we talk about all things Magic the Gathering. But mostly Commander. <laughs> I don't know where I was going with that. I hope they're still listening is really what I was trying to say, yeah, because that was really now. bad. Yeah, that was That was really bad. No, you're, you're in it now. Sorry. So you're you've stuck. got like another, I can't commit to the amount of time because we have a lot to talk about this week. Yeah. But before we start, we want to thank all our patrons. Um, thank you so much. We appreciate all of your support. If you want to support, you can head to patreon.com slash guardian project pod. Um, we want to send you free tokens. We want to send you um, other prizes and have your decks featured as commander of the week. So um, support us. We'd appreciate it. Yeah, and uh, if you go on over to www.guardianprojectpodcast.com, you can find links to all of our content, whether it's the episodes or our videos that we post weekly on Sundays. Our paper commander streams are becoming VODs on, on our YouTube channel. Um, also, would really appreciate if you would hop over to The Guardian Project on YouTube and drop us a subscribe. Whatever venue, venue, whatever program you're listening to this podcast on, you should drop a comment, Platform. a like, a follow. Yeah platform that's the word that's the correct <laughs> word i should have used uh, we also have a tcg player affiliate link located on our website so if you're looking for any single or sealed product that you cannot find at your local game store please support your lgs it's also in the comments below or in the <gasps> summary of the episode that's right we did that last week now we're going to do it going forward use the link please please thank you what are we talking about this week this week um we're going to talk about some of the updates that we have to our YouTube channel. Please, okay. please drop subscribe. Thank you. Uh, we are uh, going to be um, talking about our, our stream that we're going to be doing tomorrow. So we're recording on Wednesday. So our stream uh, on Thursday, which will be the uh, July 30th uh, with Tap That MTG. Uh, we'll talk about um, Zendikar Rising. Uh, a couple spoilers came out from Wizards of the Coast about some of the products that we're going to see. And then our main topic for today, we are revisiting a topic that we had before with brand new topics. We're going to talk about underplayed commanders. And of course, we have Commander of the Week this week, Andy's Mono White deck. Hell Which yeah. I think is also a pretty underplayed commander, so based on based on what I've seen. So um, YouTube updates. Um, we want to thank Chris Wolf um, on Twitter at Kelsum Gaming for creating some new thumbnails for us. We, they're so good. They're so good. Go check them out. Since we have used the new thumbnails, we have gotten a lot of attention. Our video viewing of those has gone up by like twenty times. Yeah. The the viewers, yeah. the views, yeah. the viewers, the viewers. Um, so if you could go and check those out, subscribe, click the bell icon to be notified when we release new videos, like, leave a comment. We'd appreciate it. Mm -hmm. Um, and thank you, Chris, so much. Absolutely. For that. You're um, the best. And he went back and not only gave us, uh, thumbnails for upcoming videos and is going to help work with us mm -hmm. for the new ones. He went back through our entire backlog of videos 
and those are all updated now. Um, so we can now just seeing by the image, That's see right. how many commander decks we've played multiple times on stream. We should probably play a little less. No, I need to play more fun more. I haven't played them in like eight weeks, but I played them like 12 times before that. And I have played Sagarda Heron's Grace like four times, I think. Mm-hmm. And that's quite a bit for the number of times that we've, we've actually streamed Definitely. and for the number of decks that I have never played on stream. That's right. So, um, we, yeah, go check out our videos. We yes. appreciate it. Thank and, you. And then tomorrow we're streaming with Tap That MTG. Mm-hmm. Um, they, Shauna and Leslie are coming back no. to our stream. If you are listening to this and it's Thursday, it's tonight. At 8 p.m. Yes. Eastern time. That's the time that we normally stream on Thursdays. Um, you can check that out on my Twitch page, twitch.tv slash atflory. And um, why don't you tell everybody what we're doing this week? Yeah, so uh, we challenged. So before, Shauna and Leslie of Tap That MTG have challenged us to do uh, a few different decks. One of them was uh, Uncommon Commander, and the other one was Popper Commander. Um, this newest uh, challenge we decided to challenge them was a two-headed giant guild off. So each of us had to pick one guild from Ravnica. Uh, we have to build decks um, matching that guild so your two-headed giant must be from the same guild and we're going to play each other and andy and i are going to be playing simic of course we are uh we, we are going to play our decks that represent our logo uh Voral of the hulkblade and roelesque apex hybrid right so we're going to be all about those counters and we uh i know shauna and leslie will be playing selesnia selesnia uh we're likely going to see life game and tokens uh-huh is what i expect to see of course so it's going to be a full-on uh uh guild feud and uh we'll 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 be able to this will be our first two-headed giant on stream yes so uh hopefully that goes over well we're trying to figure out logistics right now on how we can look at each other's hand and communicate That's because right. we might not be sitting in the same room yeah it's we don't have a dual setup for a stream yet mm-hmm. <laughs> and so we know uh, Sean and Leslie will be together. I believe yes. that they they have a setup prepared. Have a competitive advantage. They will. So we're gonna have to like FaceTime our hands to each other. Yeah. <laughs> um, we'll so figure it out. It'll be great. So check that out, um, and then also check out uh, Tap That MTG's um, YouTube channel. You can check them out on YouTube. Our video should be up soon. And then we also did do a monocolor uh, deck night with them yes, this we week. Yes, so. We did um those videos will be featuring up. three black decks and one white deck <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah no red or blue or green on that nope. stream the, funny enough because i usually don't play white or black but i played mono black there we go zendikar rising we had uh some some updates come out mark rosewater participated in a san diego comic-con online panel and we got to learn a little bit about zendikar rising some of the things we expected or we're hoping for. Um, so we are uh, going back to the adventure theme and it is a lands matters set. Again. Yes. So happy about that. Mm-hmm. Everybody's expecting landfall back. So that's great. Um, full art lands also coming back. That is a staple of Zendikar. Awesome. So um, hopefully those come in regular packs mm-hmm. um, and not just special VIP packs or anything. Maybe the fat packs will include like, land packs of full art lands that would be cool they did last time mm-hmm. yeah so mm-hmm. that'd be great um they they said that uh mark said that they are taking an old mechanic and they are um it, it they are they zendikard it up so it is a theme that we've seen before but perhaps it's a mechanic that is now triggering off of landfall or something it's true that'd be kind of cool i hope it's allies personally again well, I th- so there's two returning mechanics, mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. I expect landfall and allies, yeah. and then 
I'm not sure what what the other one you know is going to be yet. Right. Um, six dual lands. That's a weird number of dual lands. It is, and uh, he said Mark said that he was excited that he, he created these a long time ago, and they they seem to fit in this set. So there's that. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Jace, Nissa, and Nahiri are going to be on Zendikar this time. That's right. They're on the pack art. I'm excited to see more Nahiri. Yeah. I wonder if she's going to be back to mono white or if she's still angry and is still red white. Oh, she mad. Of course she mad. I mean, she was real mad at Soren. Yeah. I'm, Super mad. Why didn't you come back? I mean, they were fighting during the War of the Spark story while there's Lazotep zombies trying to kill them. They're like, whatever. We're just trying to kill each other. So is Nissa going to be green solid green you know mono green I have, solid who says solid i i have a prediction that nissa might be golgari because she's getting corrupted by i don't know maybe the leftovers of the eldrazi well they also said there will be zero eldrazi on this set but they did say that the effects of the eldrazi would still be apparent sure so i'm excited there won't be eldrazi this time around <laughs> um, a popular legendary creature comes back with a new color based on the packaging we mm-hmm. think it's omnath who has now a white arm. That's right. He got his hands into the white cheddar Cheetos now. <laughs> white cheddar Cheetos and the spicy Cheetos. Mm-hmm. And then the blue arm is because he's going to wash his hands afterwards. Of course. COVID out nowadays. Yeah. I mean, you got to. Solid. Omnath, he washes his hands for at least 30 seconds. Got to do it. And, you know, he sings a song probably or just lightning bolts things. I don't know. He uses trees as he's face He's storing masks. mana while he's washing his hands. Oh, yeah. That's what it is. It's got to be. It has to be. Um, and then the other item we've learned about uh, Zendikar Rising is we are getting a new type of booster. That's right. So we're getting a new... Another another one. Yeah. So, you know, you got VIP. Well... You've got regular. Yeah. You've got... I mean... Collectors. Is that what it's called? Is it, collector's is it edition. And then 21 has VIP. Mm-hmm. And then there's a draft booster. And then there's... There's two commander decks. Well, no, I just think in general boosters now, oh, the yeah, number of true. boosters that we have, because then there's the there's the one that's that's just for a specific color. What are uh, those yeah. called? Theme boosters? Yeah, theme those boosters. Theme boosters. Yep, yep. So if you don't know how many boosters there are, um, I can't answer that because <laughs> I didn't look up how many there are anymore. But <laughs> if you have that question, we do too. Um, and. So there's going to be lots of different kinds of cards being printed in all these different slots, right? So this is going to be different. You know, it's in fact, the first card in the slot is kind of um, the first time we saw it was in Modern Horizons. So it's, we, we're, we're going to see some art cards. Yes. In this one. So um, that's cool. And, you know, the uh, Wizard of the Coast did, did a breakdown here of, um, oh, they actually referenced the Modern Horizons art card slot in the article. Um, so Wizard of the Coast did a, a nice breakdown of all the different cards and all the different slots. Um, so in the first slot, we have, uh, obviously the art card and we have our land slot, um, where you're going to find, uh, both basics and non-basics. Uh, we have the commons and uncommons, uh, slot that are associated with each other. Yes. So, so, uh, slots three through eight. Uh, we have the, the head turner slot. Yes. Yes. For the fireworks chapter, the that's first right. slot of the fireworks chapter that's right. of, of cards. Each booster pack is a book and this is a chapter fireworks mm-hmm. chapter. So it's always going to contain a visually interesting looking card. So then slots 10 and 11 are wild card rarity slots. Mm-hmm. Could be anything from common to mythic. And it's possible to get a showcase version of rares or mythics in these slots. Oh, wow. Yeah. 
Slot 12 is the rare or the mythic rare slot. Mm -hmm. 13 is foil. 14 is the token or the add. Or or 25% of the time, it could be a card from quote unquote the list. That's right. Now people are speculating, oh, Zendikar. There's going to be a reprint of, a reprint of fetch lands at some point in some capacity this year per Wizards of the Coast. I don't know whether or not the secret lair counted or not. I, I don't remember if, if Wizards actually came out and said that. However, Wizards did come out and say fetch lands are not part of the list. So don't worry about that. Don't worry about getting your fetches in this 25% of the time you're going to get a card that isn't a token slot. So don't worry about that. But you can get some pretty cool cards in that slot. Yeah, it's a list of 300 interesting cards from Magic's past. Um, as with Mystery Booster, they will be printed as they appear, including art, frame, and expansion symbol, with the exception that they will have the small Planeswalker symbol in the lower left corner. Uh, the list has commons, uncommons, rares, and mythic rares, which will fall at the proper rate to one another. And it says being on the list does not make these cards standard legal, and they will not be on Arena. Okay. So... Um, the set booster will also cost a dollar more than a regular pack, mm. um, but you have a chance to potentially open up four rares on a on a good on a good pack. Sure. You can get four rares in a pack, so this was made for people who want to open packs. And set boosters are going to come thirty packs to a booster display instead of thirty six. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you just want to open packs, these are for you and i like to just open packs but i also like to draft so i'm torn i don't know which one i'm gonna want i'm probably gonna buy a couple of each and see see what i want yeah why not i like drafting so i feel like what i usually do is if if we go in and get like a case and split it with people Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. usually like open a box you have some cards open and you can see if you got what you needed and we save a box and we draft it later so maybe what i do going forward is i get the the cards to draft and then the ones i'm going to open will just be set boosters okay because you can get more rares and mythics which is what a lot of the time you're looking for for sure. commander, but mm-hmm. sometimes if you just need a common or uncommon, you can just pick up that single. Mm-hmm. Um, and, but, you'll, and you'll open a pack and go, oops, a pack of negation. Guess I got to put that in a deck. <laughs> or you might open, oops, muscle sliver. I guess I got to put that in my sliver deck. I guess you got to build a sliver deck now. I, which, I, yeah, got to build it because I don't have no. a sliver deck. Yeah, me either. <laughs> um, so that is what we know about Zendikar Rising. This comes out in September. Yes. So uh, about... Ooh, a month and a half away. Yeah, should be should be a good set. You know, Zendikar is popular. Third time back. If you need a cube, and you have, are making a set cube, I have a Ravnica cube. I mean, I know most people know that. Yeah, but you can make a Zendikar cube, perhaps. You absolutely could. That'd be exciting. That would be fun. So, um, our main topic this week, That's episode right. forty-two. We talked about commanders that we never see played or believe are underplayed or we've never played against. And so we wanted to circle back because there's still a lot of commanders that we have not seen. That's right. Or think are underplayed. So we've got 10 more. 10 whole commanders. Why don't you start us off? All right. So I decided I wanted to look at, um, so as, as some some listeners may know, I built an Otrimi um, mutate deck. And I, and I know a lot of people out there are building um, Nethroy as well. 
for some graveyard decks. So those are two mutate uh, commanders that are very popular. So I actually uh, chose two mutate commanders that are being very underplayed currently. Could be because it's a brand new set, um, but uh, I, th I think there are some other underlying uh, problems uh, that people are facing as well when trying to build these. So uh, my first one that I want to talk about was is Aluna, Apex of Wishes. So Aluna has 321 decks total according to EDH rec, um, which is rank 323 uh, comprised of 0.08% of the uh, decks. So very, very underplayed. Um, so Aluna Apex of Wishes is a five CMC teamer commander. So for two green, blue, and a red, you get a six, six flying trample, but it has, uh, it has mutate and it's mutate ability uh, costs three, a hybrid red, green, and two blue. And it says, whenever this creature mutates, exile cards from the top of your library until you exile a non-land permanent card, put that card onto the battlefield or into your hand. So the goal for this deck, when I'm looking at EDH rec staples and everything, it's to, one, mutate. That's the key thing that you have to do in order to activate the ability. Guessed. I know. I know. <laughs> it's really crazy. Um, but the other thing you're doing is you're cheating out permanence from your library. So when you're looking at decks that this kind of compares to that are popular, we have a deck that you're familiar with, Andy, Joda. Ooh. Uh, which which cheats things out by paying Wooberg rather than their mana cost. And there is um, another deck, Atla Polani, uh, which sacrifices eggs to get creatures out, specifically creatures. Like like the big old Eldrazi's. That's right. Speaking of the big old Eldrazi's, you can play some big old Eldrazi's in this deck too. So um, a lot of the staples in this deck uh, are those giant permanents, your Blightsteel Colossus, your Eldrazi. But even on top of that, you can go beyond creatures. So... Andy's favorite card in his Jota deck, I'm sure. Oh my goodness. Hold on. What color are we in? We're in Jeskai? Oh, Omniscience. Omniscience. So no, we're in Teamer. Not Jeskai. That's, that's right. Teamer. So um, we can we can cheat out an Omniscience with this um, or or any of the other um, like big enchantments. That actually, we saw an Ikoria, a Colossification, a Shark Typhoon, um, a Pependipars Papergence. Which is Zendikar's <laughs> resurgence, but one time, have we told that story? One time, I was helping someone who was new to the game, and I said, you should play, no, you should play this, because they were looking for advice. Mm -hmm. And Coyle says, what is it? And I tried to rhyme something <laughs> with it, and instead I said something to the effect of Pendikar's per Perfergence. And he knew exactly <laughs> that it was Zendikar's resurgence. That's right. And then I told everybody what was in our buddy's hand. That's right. Because nothing rhymes with, with Zendikar's resurgence. But if it does, and you know those those words that rhyme with it, please tweet at us. Yeah, you got it. <laughs> um, so there are some like uh, enchantments that may not seem very good because they're just such high cost and maybe they don't do anything right away like sandworm convergence uh, which is an enchantment that, that says, closely would rhyme with zendikar's research it really would <laughs> wait i think ryan knows something that's going to rhyme with zendikar's resurgence Bendy cars insurance. Bendy cars insurance. Bendy cars insurance. You know, right. you you got you got you have insurance for your bendy cars. That's right. It seems like they're broken. The bendy cars double your mana and make it so you draw cards all the time. <laughs> um, so you're going to be able to cheat these kind of creatures out, um, and um, you're going to be able to treat, cheat those enchantments out. Uh, artifacts. I didn't find too many super good high CMC artifacts you want to get out, other than like Spine of Ishna to to destroy some stuff um, but planeswalkers you can grab all your planeswalkers that that fit in this color too and cheat them out now 
the biggest drawback to this is uh, it does cost a lot of mana. And when you want to... Someone is driving so fast past oh. your house and you live in a court. How is someone going that They're fast? They're far away. Is it an airplane? Was that an airplane? The, I think it's on, on 94. That had to have been a motor. That sounds like a motorcycle. Wow. If you all heard that, we are also blown away. <laughs> Back to the episode. So the most difficult <laughs> part about this deck is the fact that everything costs a lot of mana. So if you're if you're not able to cheat things out, you're going to have a handful of giant stuff. In order to get it out, you're going to need a lot of mana. And some of the best ways to get mana are mana dorks and artifacts. That being said, when you use a Luna and you mutate, you might hit one of these one or two mana dorks, one or two mana artifacts that you don't want to hit. So you want to try to avoid using those cards, which means your ramping has to be all in instants and sorcery. So you're going to see lots of cultivates and uh, Kodama's reach and all that kind of stuff. Um, So you're going to need creatures to mutate onto as well. You're going to have to use your instants and sorceries to create these creatures. So you're going to have artifact mutation which says destroy target artifact you get x sapperlings where x is the cmc of the artifact you have arachnogenesis to get spiders sprout swarm Cranko's command dragon fodder sapperling migration all just straight up make tokens that are non-human that you can actually mutate onto um one super super synergy card i found is called growth spasm and growth spasm is for two and a green. It says search your library for a basic land and put it on the battlefield. And you also get a one, one sapperling. So it kind of ramps you. It gets a mutate target. Um, but you know, if, if someone, uh, if someone kills your mutate target and you don't get a mutate and you don't have a way to bounce it back and you don't have other mutate creatures, you're going to want to play other mutate creatures. You don't want to hit those mutate creatures with your mutate triggers though, either because they're all not that great when they come out. There's a lot of issues with the deck building around this card. So I totally understand why people aren't building it. I think I have a pretty good list actually going once I uh, started putting all these notes together. And I think this Aluna could be strong, um, but maybe it's a little bit too combo-y for people because really, you know, if you cheat out a Blightsteel Colossus on turn four and swing at someone for 11 Infect, maybe that's not the kind of style you want to do. And maybe that's what's people keeping... keeping people away from the deck um or maybe it's the mana base but that's what i found on a luna i think it is buildable though i think people i think this this deck should exist more than it I does think right now i think it's still new i think it's it still is. new so we, we haven't seen it we also aren't playing in person and somebody has likely built this deck or has their list together and we can't get together in person and if they don't have a webcam set up which are very difficult to come by still because um uh, uh webcams are a premium still they are they are <laughs> um they might just be ready to play as soon as we can get back together in store so i i think that that's also but that's an overarching yeah well i'll have my version by then too because like i told andy before this this is my least favorite episode put together because now i want to build five more commander decks. <laughs> yeah pretty much pretty much <laughs> um my first on the list um number two and these are in no order these are just ones that we thought were particularly underplayed mm-hmm. is a commander i've never seen ever ever played mm. um sometimes you see it at the table next to you i've never played against it never seen one um, and it was very difficult to find a lot on this commander when I was doing the research. So my first um, commander is Ovaya Pashiri Sage Lifecrafter from Kaladesh. 
Um, it's a one drop in green, and it's the only mono green one drop. And it's a one two, which is relevant because it can block other pesky things without just dying. Sure can. You can you can block an elvish mystic mm-hmm. or a Lanoir elves. Um, a one two for one green, so that's pretty cool. It comes down very early. Um, you and it has two abilities. Uh, you can pay two in green to tap it to make a one one colorless servo artifact creature token, or pay four in a green and tap it and create an XX colorless construct artifact creature token where X is the number of creatures you control. So you're obviously playing with tokens and artifacts mm-hmm. um pretty pretty self-explanatory um Art- it is artifacts in, in mono green too. <laughs> right so um there are according to edh track 165 decks um it is rank 470 and is in 0.041 percent of decks that it could could be in mm. so um that is low it's very a low number it's really <laughs> really low yeah um so you know it has a couple of staples that um that aren't necessarily listed on eda track mm-hmm. that when i was doing some research that i think that just because it's a lower a, i guess a, a lower played commander an underplayed commander you might not see them listed on eda track because it's not built often enough but mm-hmm. dark steel forge makes your one one servos indestructible yeah. so they become blockers for days um inspiring statuary makes it so that your artifacts um can you your your non-artifact spells have improvised so mm-hmm. you can tap an artifact creature to help pay for spells and then another one is and it's something that could be potential when i was looking up a bunch of deck lists i was trying to look on eda track and, or i'm sorry on um tapped out and i was looking on architect i was looking at a bunch of decks um staff of domination popped up a couple of times because you can untap your commander um but i think some of the items that that are downsides here is that you have to tap your commander mm-hmm. uh, to activate his ability and three and five mana is not cheap no and and tapping so it's really expensive Another miss here is is that there's no improvised spells in mono green. <laughs> there's there you've got red and you've got black and you've got blue, and there's two colorless improvised spells, but they're on creatures that just are like like a three three and like a five five. Right. But like they don't. And one of them I think has like the juggernaut ability. It has to swing every turn. Mm. So it's it's not really worth it to play those two improvised spells. Mm-hmm, so I think it's mm-hmm. really hard to build into this deck. But but the deck is playing a bunch of token synergies you got parallel lives cryptolith right uh from beyond second harvest uh michaeloth ant queen harvest season shamanic revelation it's it's a it's a green token deck that's going to draw you some cards but i think the fact that ovaya is very mana intensive and requires tapping is probably the reason why we're not seeing this played very often um and i think people tend to move towards multicolor decks mm-hmm. more than they do that you know they gravitate towards multicolor because you can do more things sure um but this deck seems really fun to build as a budget deck because you don't have to have all of the you don't have to have parallel lives i mean you 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 literally could do 99 forest in this commander and still make a pretty good board state yes after a while you it, it, would, take, <laughs> it would take a very long time yeah but it's playing Beastmaster Ascension, Overwhelming Stampede, Overrun. It's just making tokens and then swinging with all of them. So um, that could be another downside as people want to play. If they're going to play token decks, maybe they're playing another color. Mm-hmm. If they're already playing tokens. Edgar Markov, you can play Vampire Tokens. For you sure. can um, play Omnath for, for tokens. So I think that, that, that this might be part of the reason why this deck is not played very often. Yeah. 
I, I guess um, a deck that I own that that I could compare this to is my uh, Reese the Redeemed deck. I mean, yeah, it also costs one mana. It's a hybrid green white, mm-hmm. and it makes tokens and doubles your tokens. So it does a little bit different. Does it doesn't have the artifact synergy, right? But it has white, which helps with tokens as well. Yeah, and it gives you a little bit of that spot removal, and you've got yeah all that, and you're an elf elf synergies True. there so I, I do like the fact that ovaya can either go wide or go big yes because so. you can make that giant construct, construct. yeah that's yeah. cool yeah all right uh, my second one that i have so i guess third on our list uh, i i mentioned before that i picked two mutate creatures this is my second mutate creature this is vadrock apex of thunder so this is the jeskai one so for blue red and white you get a three three flying first strike that has a mutate ability of one hybrid blue white red red that says whenever this creature mutates you may cast target non-creature card with converted mana cost three or less from your graveyard without paying its mana cost so instantly at that this, this doesn't to me scream commander card because it's like CMC three or less and people want to play big stuff when they're talking about commander. So Mm -hmm. instantaneously reading the face of the card, if I'm, if I open a pack and I look at this and go, yeah, maybe it goes in the 99, you know, I don't want to play that as my commander, but I I think people are missing out. So, um, Savine, that deck just happened and Savine uh, who is also uh, Jeskai Savine was in the, uh, 2019 pre-con, um, and that's the flashback matters if flashback matters exactly so graveyard matters cards now the great part so 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 when you cast something for its flashback cost typically you well the rule of flashback you have to exile the card vadrock says you just cast the card without paying its mana cost you do not exile it Mm -hmm. so it stays in your graveyard and you actually have the ability to recast it over and over and over and over and over which is fantastic but um we can also use some of those cards from Savine that maybe have flashback that have uh, I don't know maybe a little extra ability if you cast it from your graveyard but we don't have to use the flashback ability like Savine's Reclamation so this is the number one staple for this card and it absolutely fits and it does well uh, Savine's Reclamation two and a white says return target permanent card with converted mana cost three or less from your graveyard to the battlefield if this spell was cast from a graveyard you may copy the spell and choose a new target for that copy so you're literally getting two three cmc permanents from your graveyard onto the battlefield once you mutate once past this uh you're really just looking at some like high synergy cards that are good that you can cast for free so you have cards like snap and frantic search which allow you to either bounce a creature or draw cards and discard cards but they allow you to untap lands you're casting it for free so you're netting mana when it when it comes to the end um you have you have to run mutate creatures in this deck i know such a surprise (laughs) um but one of the best cards that i saw when i was looking through the staples is is absolutely windfall windfall that you can cast over and over and over and oh maximum hand size or whoever has 11 cards are we gonna draw 11 i'll draw 11 maybe i'll draw 11 again how about we all draw 11 again um let's let's say i have um you know we are in jeskai so we can play white so we can play smothering tithe when we're doing these windfalls so i have enough mana to mutate again to cast windfall again um so so being able to recast these three cmc instants and sorceries are really really powerful however this does say three cmc non-creature spells so you know i play ristic study and it gets destroyed right away well i can just bring that ristic study right back to the battlefield now 
Um, All right, I'm on board now. Yeah. Oh, uh, you 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 finally killed my Narset parter of veils. Oh, that's fine. Well, no, I don't want that one coming. No, back. I'm bringing it back. <laughs> you can leave that one at home. Um, so you know, it's it's very it's very open. Another card, uh, Jeskai Ascendancy is uh, not only does it allow you every time you cast a non-creature spell to draw a card and discard a card, potentially filling your graveyard with uh, cards that you can cast, um, but it is also itself a three CMC enchantment that you can cast from your graveyard. or th- uh, and, and you do cast the cards as well in case there's any... I didn't come across anything that uh, like requires a cast rather than um, just like getting a permanent for free. So I didn't come across anything like that. Um, however, uh, you know, all the other wheels that you can run, like Wheel of Fortune, um, you can run in this a little bit pricey. Uh, even a Faithless Looting is really nice to constantly Faithless Looting and fill your graveyard with stuff. Underworld Breach, you can cast all the time, just like every every single turn um, for your graveyard recursion. Um, and, you know, like most Jeskai decks, we can also play a lot of Control. So, you know, Path to Exile, Swords to Plowshare, Counterspells, Teferi's Protection every single turn you could do uh, if you put it in your graveyard rather than cast it from your graveyard. Windfall. <laughs> um, or of Silence, Ghostly Prison, Propaganda. I mean, the idea is you're, is you're probably playing a, a control shell. Um, but some, some super cool synergies I found, uh, if you use Strionic Resonator, uh, which copies a uh, triggered ability, which mutate is a triggered ability. And you were to uh, target twin casts uh, with Sonic Resonator, you can target twin casts twice and actually be able to have uh, infinite cast triggers and storm off with a grape shot and kill everyone. Um, so there, there, there are some drawbacks. You do lose pretty easily to graveyard hate because you're very, very dependent on it. Uh, and your win conditions are uh, a little bit unclear if not you know laboratory maniac win cons uh, maybe you have to run um, approach of the second sun as a win con you're probably not swinging for anything you're just kind of controlling it out and you need to have a mutate target uh, which tends to be a little bit difficult especially since yep. you can't return creatures with your uh, commander's mutate ability um, you will need a card like Savine's reclamation in order to get those creatures back uh, and then uh, one last thing about this, if you are playing this deck and you're not playing the zero CMC suspend cards, you do get to cast those for free, uh, such as Wheel of Fate or Ancestral Vision. And if you're playing Restore Balance, I'm sorry, uh, for your playgroup. Yeah, don't do that. <laughs> don't do that. Um, so I think I think this card is uh, very, very playable as a commander, wonderful colors and... Um, just it, it's a control style though. wonderful colors it really is it really i mean it's not it's not like um it doesn't mine, even include your favorite color i'm impressed it's got blue it's fine it does have blue it does have blue um the next card is um <clears throat> commander that i have is marath will of the wild so it is a red green white elemental beast that says when um Marath Will of the Wild enters the battlefield. It enters with a number of plus one plus one counters equal to the amount of mana spent on it. It is a zero zero and has pay X to remove X plus one plus one counters from Marath. And you can choose one of the following options. You can put an X, um, you can put X plus one plus one counters on target creature and it deals X, it deals X damage to target creature or player, or it deals, um, you put an XX green elemental creature token onto the battlefield. So you have a couple of options. Marath 
we're wondering if this one's an outlier because mm-hmm. there's 869 decks according to EDA Trek, but I've never seen this deck played. Right. N- never once. Um, it was the face of a, a, a precon. It's got to be why. It, I, I think so. Mm-hmm. It's and it's it's older. This was Commander thirteen, um, so it's 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 older. Um, but I don't think this deck has misses. I don't think there's this deck misses the mark for the reason why people aren't playing it. Mm-hmm. I think it might be just you know from what I found, it does appear to be a deck that relies on infinite combos okay so infinite mana Mm -hmm. so you can do like an ashnod's altar doubling season earthcraft to make creature tokens sacking them with ashnod's altar getting double and then earthcraft tap a creature on tap a land so you're just making ginormous things yeah um so you can you can do that and um some people are not a fan of infinite combos i have started taking some of them out of decks i still play some decks that Mm -hmm. have them Mm -hmm. my veto deck has infinite combos locust god has one infinite combo Mm -hmm. but i've tried to stray away from them but this is three cards for an infinite combo Mm -hmm. um and you're doing it in in naya colors so that that's pretty cool you're not playing black you're not playing blue here right um this deck also relies heavily on enter the battlefield um cart you know you've got warstorm surge when when you make these creature tokens oh, yeah. your warstorm surge triggers perforos cather's crusade um it just i don't i think this deck just fell to the wayside and mm-hmm. people just don't play it anymore but i also think people have a thing for not playing the face commander of some of the precons that could be true i think the the commander precons from this year mm-hmm. some people cathril very popular jarena kudro not no and i'm surprised it's a really strong mardu human commander right um i think people are playing trin and silvar partners from that deck so there's just some decks that i think are playing the secondary commanders very well could be um so this could be related to that and i think there's new commanders that come out and one of the other items is that the staples when you look at this deck the staples are generic commander staples there's not like a this card only works in Marath. Right. That some some of the top cards you have swords to plowshares, cultivate, skull clamp, Kodama's Reach, Boros Charm, Eternal Witness, Birds of Paradise, Beast Within, Ashnod's Altar, Aladrami's Call, Mirari's. I mean, I play those in every deck. Correct. Yeah. So I think the thing is, if there's people that aren't investing into, I mean, we heavily invest in Commander. We we have. I, mean, I think between me and my husband, we have like 35 decks. Right. And some of them are not that expensive, sure. but some of them are. And I don't take certain cards out of like the Locust God has a lot of wheel staples. Sure. So I don't build another wheel deck because I don't really want to take apart the Locust God. I like the Locust God. Fair enough. And so this has a lot of regular staples, but some of these are expensive. Mm-hmm. Eternal Witness is five bucks. Birds of Paradise is nine bucks. Mm-hmm. I mean, these, and if you don't own two copies, you might not want to take it apart. And so they might have built another Naya deck mm-hmm. or just another deck that needs these. And, and, and because Marath uses so many generic staples, mm-hmm. I'm thinking maybe that's the reason why. The, the only other thing I could think of is maybe it's just a does too much kind of card. But I don't even think that makes sense. Like people want to build a plus one plus one commander or a token commander. And maybe they you don't can do both, both here. You can. And maybe people don't want to, but, you know, um, Kenrith the Returned King is a very popular commander, and he literally does everything. So, Well, this one, you can remove the counters and deal X damage target player. Yeah, so, that's, so you can do even more. Right. So I'm surprised I've never seen this mm-hmm. deck, ever. I, I saw somebody 
had it in their um, one of those toolboxes that yes. everybody uses. Yes. It was sitting in there and I saw it, but it's never been pulled out. Right. So um, we're not sure why Marath is not played. And, and I think it's just, it's older and the new hotness became more popular. Fair enough. Yeah. Um, the next commander that I have is Mono White, which is Nahiri the Lithomancer. I really like Nahiri the Lithomancer. How many times have you played against a Nahiri the Lithomancer? Zero, but I played the pre-con that That's I right. upgraded maybe three or four times, and then I turned it into Nizan. Right. So unlike Marath, who I think suffers from what the EDH Rec podcast would call the pre-con effect, which is why it has so many... Uh, decks. Nahiri only has 271 decks. Also, it's mono white, so people might just not want it. Um, so it's ranked 370 in the, the number of decks that are, are, are built of it with a 0.068% of the decks that are built. Um, so what this, uh, what Nahiri does, she's a 5 CMC uh, Planeswalker that can be your commander. So for 3 white white, um, it's a, a 3 loyalty commander where you can plus 2 to get a 1-1 one, one white core soldier creature token. Uh, and then you may attach an equipment you control to it. You can minus two to put an equipment either from your hand or your graveyard onto the battlefield, or you can minus 10 to get a token that is a, I'm going to look closer at my screen real quick. <laughs> Stoneforge Blade is what it's called. Legendary Equipment Stoneforge Blade is indestructible. Um, it gives creature plus five, plus five, and double strike, and it has equip cost of zero. So obviously this deck is about equipments. So when you think mono white equipments, what do you think of, Andy? Most people would assume SRAM Senior Artificer. And I think that is why Nahiri is not a very popular commander. I think Nahiri probably belongs in the 99 for SRAM, but I think SRAM just being so good is why people don't have Nahiri. So SRAM Senior Artificer, one in a white, whenever you cast an aura equipment or vehicle spell, draw a card. Obviously, we're going to play that in the deck. Um, but with Nahiri, you know, the biggest drawback is you really want to emblem her to get that really great equipment. And... Um, unfortunately it, it requires five turns without proliferate in order to, to get that minus 10 on the Heary to get that plus five, plus five double strike. It never going to happen. It's not going to happen. So really you have to cheat your cards into play. And there's so many different staples that just like help you cheat cards or help you cheat, uh, uh, cards to equip to your creatures. Um, that the the only way to make Nahiri unique and actually playable, I think, is a, a, a go-wide equipment strategy. So putting like one equipment on five different creatures and trying to go wide or using Kemba Ka Regent, uh, where you get a 2-2 cat at your end step for each equipment or at your upkeep for each equipment that attached the, to Kemba. the OG mono white artifact commander. Right, right. In fact, I think Kemba was printed in Nahiri. I think, yeah, I think it was reprinted. There's a couple. I think that was reprint. That was printed a while ago and then was reprinted. It was reprinted in Arabo, I believe. Okay. I, I would assume at least it's a cat that cares about equipment. I would. I would assume. I don't know for sure. <laughs> you know <laughs> what happens when we assume. <laughs> um, but, but. We get called out on Twitter. <laughs> but the really cool part about uh, this equipment style deck is in Double Masters now, we do see all of this, all of the major uh, X and Y swords are being reprinted. Fire and Ice, Feast and Famine, Body and Mind, Shadow and Light. Light and Shadow, whatever. Shadow uh -huh. and Light. I mean, that's what 
whatever. I understood. Yeah. <laughs> um, on, on top of that, we're also seeing Stoneforge Mystic, Stonehewer Giant, and Pure Steel Paladin also all being reprinted in Double Masters. So these staples are going to get cheaper for you to build a mono white equipment deck, whether it's Nahiri or SRAM, be different, build Nahiri. I, I really like planeswalkers as commanders we've talked about this before mm-hmm. i bought that precon because it seemed really fun and it was really affordable i think i found it it was really cheap a couple of years ago um, i think that was the first precon that i purchased oh. so oh. um but then i quickly turned it into nizan after arabo came out because right. it you got the free hammer of nizan mm-hmm. and you have access to green which helps you with card draw, helps you with removal. Ramp. Yeah, even just creatures. So that was the reason, but I think it's an underplayed commander. I think it does what it needs to do, and it's really fun. And you don't see it very often, and I like seeing decks that I don't see very often. That's right, and that's why we're talking about that's these why commanders. That's why Noyan Dar. That's why Noyan Because people are like, what is this? <laughs> <laughs> the next commander I have is Hirobi Death's Whale. Yes, so glad you picked this one. So when we were when we were coming up with our list, um, I, I had mine done first. Mm-hmm. And so uh, Coil goes, oh, I'm really glad you picked that because I almost put that on my list. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So um, Hirobi is played. Um, there's 217 decks, rank 411, um, 0.054%. Mm. Um, so Hirobi Death's Whale is a 4-4 um, flying spirit creature uh, for two black black that says whenever a creature becomes the target of a spell or ability destroy that creature Mm -hmm. so um you can probably already understand why people might not like to play (laughs) against this commander i can imagine now this is a deck that until literally mm, last month Mm -hmm. i had never seen before and we have somebody in our play group now who does have a Hirobi deck Mm -hmm. and i've learned so much about cards that are this this is a deck that has a lot of cards that do nothing but function really well in this deck. Absolutely. So Hirobi, the strategy is target creatures so they get destroyed. That's it. And it does hurt Hirobi as well. Mm-hmm. So it's, it, I think it's a fair commander because it gets hurt itself. Um, so some of the staples for Hirobi, um, one of the cards that uh, I, I said I finally found a staple for in Nakara and Yannick mm. is Tatsumak Primal Death. Oh, yeah. When you just pay a black and reveal it from your hand to put um, a prey counter on a creature, mm-hmm. on a nine times creature? on target creature, <laughs> nine times you have a repeatable just destroy spell for a single black. Mm-hmm. That's, you know, it feels Tatsumak doing this in Hirobi feels like view from above in Noyan Dar. Fair. They, they feel the same mm-hmm. and it's great. Mm-hmm. You you love to see it and to do it. <laughs> so, right. Tetsamak is um, only in 187 um, decks. And that's fair because I think it is, it's a, it's a weird board wipe. It's a weird board wipe. Yeah. So, the, the, you know, you have that, um, some other synergies here. Shadow Alley Denizen is a 1-1 one, one for one that says whenever another black creature enters the battlefield, target creature gains intimidate until end of turn. So okay. you just play a black creature and you destroy someone else's creature. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's, yep, yep. Um, uh, a win con in this, Revel in Riches. Of course. Because you're destroying creatures, you're getting treasures, and then if you have uh, 10 or more, you just win. So um, some of the misses here, I would say, or the downsides, let me let me, let me me rephrase that to downsides, mm-hmm. is that um, it could make a very, very unfun game. Yes. And uh, slows it to a screeching halt if you don't have a way to remove Hirobi. 
um, because they have ways to keep Harobi. Like um, Eldrazi Monument makes all of your creatures indestructible. Mm -hmm. So you, you, you know, that's pretty good. Yeah, sure does do it. Yeah, giving it Hexproof or Shroud. If you can do that without targeting it. Sure. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good, I didn't think about that. Yeah, because you have to equip, and you can't equip to it with lightning greaves or with right. the with the swift foot boots. So, um, Eldrazi Monument works. Yep. Um, and All Star, like in a deck that I have, Slimefoot, an All Star in this is Shadow Spear. Oh. Because you can you can get rid of hexproof and indestructible from your opponent's creatures, and then target them with some ridiculous spell. It also plays a couple of artifacts that just have tap and target creature gets like plus one plus zero. Oh. oh yeah. So you just tap it. And you just destroyed the creature. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's ridiculous. And uh, liquid metal coating. Too, liquid right? metal coating. And it also plays effects like Grave Pact and um, Dictate of Erebos. Mm-hmm. So um, you can see why it would be unfun. Um, and it and it might, you know, draw a game out. Mm-hmm. But I think it's it's criminally underplayed. From After seeing it, I said, why have I never seen this deck before? Mm-hmm. It's mono black. Very cool. Um, so if you have one, tell me about it, but I think Hirobi's underplayed. Yeah. Well, allow me to, uh, combat your, uh, destroy everything on the battlefield. And maybe that's not why, uh, it's being played with my own destroy everything on the battlefield. And that's why it's not being played with a commander that I used to own and used to play, uh, my Rakdos commander back in the day called Kazarov Sengir Pureblood. Um, so for five black black you get a four four flying vampire that says whenever a creature an opponent controls is dealt damage put a plus one plus one counter on Kazarov Sengir Pureblood then you can pay three and a red that's what makes him Rakdos and Kazarov deals two damage to target creature just so you know that activated ability you're never going to use that don't worry about (laughs) it four mana is way too much mana for the effects that you want to do so in this deck the big strategy is to deal one damage to all creatures on the board and you know if someone's playing a token deck not only are you going to board white but you're also going to about to put 20 plus one plus one counters on your flying vampire commander that can now kill someone with commander damage so commander damage is going to be the main way that you win with Kazarov Sengir Pureblood. Uh, some of the, the downsides is you are playing this such as a Voltron deck. So you have one creature. So if someone makes you sacrifice a creature, you only got one to choose from. Yeah. And that's about all you got. Um, but there are tons of staples that you can use. Pestilence, Pyrohemia, Thrashing Wumpus. You're probably not going to know what all these guys are. <laughs> I have never heard of some of them. Uh, I, I'm other than when I I played with them, you probably wouldn't. Um, but Caltrops is a is a really big one that I know um, that is, people play in Sidri. Yeah, um, that's amazing in Kazarov as well. Um, you even have stuff in lands like the card Desert that deals one damage to an attacking creature, or Balduvian Trading Post that does one damage to attacking creatures. Uh, so alternate win cons like Chandra's Ignition and Fling Soul and Fire. Um, you could do some some infect stuff like with Tainted Strike um, or like in Hirobi, uh, Revel and Riches, if you really are destroying everything. So now the biggest drawback that I found in, in the way I worded it is this deck is very strong in casual formats because casual formats tend to run lots of creatures, but it's unfun because you're killing everyone's creatures every, every single turn. Hirobi has, a, yeah, it's like same problem. Right. However, this deck is 
bad in competitive in more competitive formats because you're dependent on one creature and it's a voltron strategy and what's it cost the cmc it's seven cmc it's so expensive it's very expensive and it's it's remove on site and then it costs nine you have to rely on black for card draw which is fine red damage spells that are super cheap so you need the card draw because you're constantly going to be cycling your hand and you're going to need to rely on uh, artifact ramp or expensive like cabal coffers type ramp in order to play the deck so it's a very expensive commander for something that probably isn't going to be super fun for your play group so if you are deciding you're going to build sangir pure blood which it is a fun deck to play make sure your play group isn't playing something where you're hard countering them yeah um the next one that i have is the hope of girapur mm-hmm. um it is uh there's it, it's played 264 decks um, rank 376 mm-hmm. it is a 1-1 one, one for one generic mana you are in colorless that's wonderful <laughs> and it has flying and then you may also sacrifice hope of Girapur until your next turn target player who was dealt damage by hope of Girapur can't cast non-creature spells mm. so um you are playing with colorless here so that could be an upside could be a downside um you're 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 running rocks which I, I think this this deck is a good stuff deck. Mm. And I think it's underplayed because a lot of people just have you you don't even have good rocks. You need you don't even yeah, you can just have basic rocks. Yeah. You because like, you're just gonna have all the mana anyway. Yeah, and, and they have to be colorless rocks. They do have to be colorless rocks. Mm-hmm. Um so some of the top cards here are like Foundry Inspector to make artifact spells cost less, Mindstone, Shadow Spear again. I think Shadow Spear is just really good. Mm-hmm. And can be played more. Um, Ugin the Ineffable is really good. Hmm. Uh, Scour from Existence, All is Dust, Three on Dynamo, uh, Mystic Forge. You can look at the top card of your library. If it's an artifact or colorless um, non-land card, you can um, cast it from the top of your library. So in many cases, you'll just be able to cast that, which is really great. Um, Some of the downsides to this deck, though, is that it seems to be a deck that... um, you might not own multiple copies of again Mm -hmm. because you're playing a lot of colorless staples and it's playing most of the versions that we saw just big stuff right which a lot of people i think could just view as maybe boring after a while Mm -hmm. it it's a lot of eldrazi's so you you're just pumping out ginormous things and then hoping to just swing swing in Mm -hmm. um seeing colorless i think folks may uh, think eldrazi Mm. Uh, and then you might become target number one Fair. and it won't be as fun for you mm-hmm. to play the game. Mm-hmm. And then you also, you have to sack your commander. That's right. So yeah. you're sacking your commander. It costs more. Don't you, you'll probably have the mana for it in this deck mm-hmm. because you're running all the rocks, but it's not, um, not ideal for a strategy to sack your commander to just target one individual player and stop them from casting non-creature spells because then they'll just cast their creature spells that turn this is probably good in 1v1 commander Mm -hmm. it's probably much much stronger in 1v1 in a group game i've never seen this played but i think it's a good stuff deck so that could be an upside or a downside i i would like to see this deck played um but i think some of the strategies that I also found online were like stack stacks. Ah, okay. That's, and, that's fair. And, and, um, those are never fun. No, I played stacks once, literally once, literally once. and, and everyone wanted to leave. Yep. And I said, yep, yep. This is it. <laughs> so never again. 
And that was my Astrid deck, which I know we've talked about last week yes. um, when I said this is just, it's just too difficult or mm-hmm. not. Mm-hmm. not a, I said, nope, never again. So I think that might be one of the reasons why mm-hmm. we don't see Hope of Giraper. Now, I, I do recall, and this isn't anytime recently. This was back in the day. I did see an episode of Commander Versus where Jonathan Suarez did play uh, Hope of Gearpeer as a Voltron-style deck. Mm. And he did end up winning that game, uh, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, spoiler, but it was like a really... It was an episode from a long time ago. Um, I'll try to find it and send it to you. Awesome. Uh, okay, so uh, my last commander that I have on my list is is one that I specifically chose because it's Andy's favorite color combination. Mono black? Uh I'm so proud of what you just said. I said your favorite color. Oh, oh I thought you said goodness. yours. No. Oh, it's blue white. Uh, we have that. We have that. I'm recording now. No. We have that. I'm recording. No. Heck yes. <laughs> so this is a blue white commander. So this is uh, Guafa Hazid um, Profiteer. So this was printed in Battlebond, and it's a one white and a blue. You get a two two human rogue. Um, so this is. I'm sorry. 223 decks. Forgot that part. Now, 223 decks rank 402 uh, blue white is a very popular uh, commander combination color because of you know uh, brago brago is the biggest one king eternal he he is the most popular blue white commander he probably will stay the most popular blue white commander for a very long time um very so, fun <laughs> for for whoever's playing brago very fun <laughs> um so guafa is again a 2-2 human rogue and you can pay one and a blue and tap it to put a bribery counter on target creature you don't control its controller draws a card creatures with bribery counters on them can't attack or block so um, this deck revolves around alternate win conditions as many blue white commanders do um so it, it fair enough it believe me you'll you'll agree with me in a second I, my ears just perked up a that's little right. that's all <laughs> so so the uh the number one uh, synergy card in the deck is azor's elect elect uh, la, 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 la. Allocutor, allocute. I can't even say. Allocutors. It. Yeah, Azor's allocutors, um, which is at the beginning of your upkeep, put a filibuster counter on Azor's allocutors. Then, if Azor's allocutors has five or more filibuster counters on it, you win the game. Whenever a source deals damage to you, remove a filibuster counter from Azor's allocutors. They filibustered. That's right. So, so the goal is to you know put bribery counters on your opponent's creatures so they can't damage you, and then uh, win the game with that. Other alternate win conditions like approach of the second sun, you're going to be playing uh, prison style, um, don't attack me kind of stuff. Like with ghostly prison, propaganda, um, and windborn muse, you're going to play any of the curses you can in blue white to, to uh, provoke. Um, people attacking your opponents. Uh, however, I think uh, one way that people uh, should be playing the stack and maybe aren't. And I didn't find the staples on EDH rack is actually, um, you know, politics and specifically goad. So if you goad your opponent's creatures uh, and they don't want to swing into a big thing and get a kill, be like, I'll put a bribery counter on that for you and you can draw a card as long as you do something for me. <laughs> Just so you know, in blue-white, there are now five legal goad cards. We got two new goad cards in Ikoria with martial impetus and psychic impetus. However, we have jeering homunculus. We have coveted peacock and bloodthirsty blade. So we can play all five of those. We can goad our opponent's creatures, make deals with them, put some bribery counters on them, uh, and go for it. Now, the biggest drawback to this is you can only put one bribery counter on a creature a turn. Um, unless you can somehow untap Guafa. Um, staff of Domination. You, you Absolutely, you're going to be running Staff of Dom- Domination in the deck. Um, so, But 
you know, if you I don't can know do why it, I jumped on it so fast. <laughs> I knew the answer. We've mentioned it a few times, um, but yeah. So it's. I mean, you can use you can use Goff's ability to save people too, uh, and make it so that they they don't get swung at. But um, I, I think the fact that it loses so easily to go wide strategies if you don't get those prison cards out. I, I think that's why people aren't playing Guafa. Uh, it was a very overshadowed card in the battle bond with all the partner cards going on in there as well. So it's probably also why it isn't seen, but this could be a very fun politics blue white deck that doesn't have to feel like super hard control. Yeah. So that's Guafa. That is Guafa. And my final, my final commander is Anawan, the rune sage. So it is in a hundred there's 103 decks, rank 557. It is a Vampire Shaman for three black black. And Anawan says, at the beginning of your upkeep, each player sacrifices a non-vampire creature. Mm-hmm. So um, you're probably going to be playing vampires. Yeah. yeah. Yep, yep, yep. Mm-hmm. So I think the reason this deck is underplayed is because Edgar Markov exists yeah. as a vampire deck that has access to all three colors for vampires and makes free vampire tokens when you just cast a vampire because of eminence Yeah, this or olivia i mean even olivia gets red yeah yeah Yeah. so this this and i i may have mentioned it before this was the very 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 first commander deck that i ever had that's right and it was really good like six years ago Mm -hmm. when when we built it just with a small play group Mm -hmm. um five Mana is a lot, mm-hmm. and it has to live back to your turn. So the the begin the first turn it could do anything is um, turn six if you played it on curve. Sure. Hopefully you're playing rocks um, because you're a mono black, mm-hmm. so you're not really mm-hmm. ramping. I mean, I guess you could have um, a spell like um, uh, to give you three black mana. Oh, dark ritual. Dark ritual. Thank you. Yep. I was like, I am not. It's not a staple that no one comes was, to my I head. I was not throwing you that bone right then <laughs> and there. So you, if you can get it out sooner, great. Mm-hmm. Um, but you want it out real soon so that you can force them to sack the creatures because by turn five, sometimes people have a, just a whole army amassed oh, already. For sure. So you really want to get down early. It's not strong against token strategies, Mm-mm. and it can be target number one. Because if, if you're playing against a Voltron deck, they need it gone. Because mm-hmm. they're going to have to sack it at the beginning of every single one of your upkeeps. Um, so I, I think the reason why this deck is not played is simply because of Edgar Markov. I'd go through staples, but they're just vampires. Yeah. That's that's really all that's in this deck is vampires. And I'm not... Um, I, I think it was actually a very good deck. Um, but I do think it's underplayed now. But it's simply because... There's other vampire strategies in black, red, black, red, white. There's two in black, red, actually. Um, and and people are choosing to play those ones over this. Yeah. 103 decks, and it's old. I mean, it was from Zendikar mm-hmm. originally. I, I believe it was originally from Zendikar. And then it was reprinted in the Edgar Markov deck. Right. Um, it's a, you, you can't play Paradox Haze, which is a big thing, because it's an upkeep trigger, and Paradox Haze gives you two upkeeps and, and would trigger it twice but maybe you could play Stronic Resonator and double the triggered ability. But other than that, yeah. I mean, how, how do you even synergize with that? Yeah, it's originally, yeah, okay, originally from World Wake. Oh, okay. So, yeah, the original Zendikar block. But I just think that it's underplayed because there's other vampires. And um, maybe if you want to build a, an easy mana base vampire deck, this way it's only mono black and you can just put 37 swamps in there and go to town. It's actually super affordable. Yeah. Once you cut out the multicolored vampires for the most part these are all 
I'm looking at they, they appear to be mostly sub a dollar. Um, yeah, besides Bloodline Kal- Keeper, Kalitas, maybe. And, and yeah, and Kal- yeah, Kalitas. Some some of them are cheaper, and I mean, you want Blood Artist too, but most of these are super cheap. So this is a very affordable deck. Mm-hmm. But I think it's just the colors. Those are the ten commanders that we think are underplayed, or we never see them played. That's right. Um, speaking of underplayed commanders, underplayed commanders, Commander of the Week, <gasps> I think is also an underplayed commander who's commander of the week this week it is heliod sun crowned so i um looked this up on edh rec and this is played currently um there's 586 decks listed so it's it's a decent amount but i don't think this deck is played um as often as as you would think but it did just recently receive a couple of cards that work really well with it um, so we might see it a little bit more. Um, it just got Mangara the Diplomat, Dranath Magistrate, Speaker of Heavens, um, a couple of cards from the new uh, Commander set the, uh, that were released alongside Ikoria Verge Rangers, which which lets you look at the top card of your library anytime. And if an opponent has more lands than you, you can play a land from the top of your library. So it it's benefiting from the mono white boost that we're starting to see, which mm-hmm. is really good. Mm-hmm. Um, but the version of Heliod that I built, so there's, there's life gain strategies. Um, I decided to build a tax strategy. So not death and taxes, but just taxes. Mm-hmm. It's not stacks. It's tax. Mm-hmm. No S in front of my tax. Much better. Much it really is. <laughs> much better. Um, so I, you know, I, I might, I might make you pay a little bit more for some spells mm-hmm. but i'm not shutting you down um right in entirely it's true no you know, it's true it's 100 true until you put rest in peace down and play in the graveyard deck but well know. that's your own fault <laughs> <laughs> so so essentially my deck is looking to get out my walking ballista so walking this is a walking ballista combo deck so you play walking ballista um walking ballista says when it enters it enters with x plus one plus one counters pay four to put a counter on it um or you can remove a plus one plus one counter it deals one damage to target creature or player so um you you have to have walking ballista with two counters and then heliod says um as long as your devotion to white is less than five heliod's not a creature i guess i should explain my commander because i didn't do that so let's do that heliod's a five five for two and a white that has indestructible is not a creature if your devotion is less than uh to white is less than five and it says whenever you gain life, put a plus one plus one counter on target creature or enchantment you control, and then pay uh, one and a white to give another target creature lifelink until end of turn. So you are gaining life, um, but it's not the main strategy. Although it turns out that I use that a lot. Yeah, why not? You gotta survive somehow. <laughs> you do right? have to survive. So walking ballista itself, I explained, it comes in, you put counters on it, and it has the ability to remove a plus one plus one counter to deal one damage to target creature or player. So what you do is you get two counters on it, you give it lifelink. You remove a counter and you deal a damage to target creature or player, and then you put a counter on it and gain one life. Mm-hmm. And then you remove that same counter and then put a you know, you just put it right back on. So so essentially if you assemble these two cards you win the game. Yes. So um, there's also a backup with Triskelion, mm-hmm. which does the exact same thing. You give it lifelink, you remove a counter, it deals one damage to target creature or player, you put the counter back on it. So it just, this costs six instead of potentially four. So it just costs two extra. But you do have to have your commander out, you have to have four mana for walking ballista, 
and two mana to give it lifelink. So no matter what, the turn you're going to win, you have to have at minimum six mana. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. you're playing mono white, so I do have some rocks in here. Um, But if if it gets countered, you're going to have some problems. Right. Because good luck. Mm -hmm. I mean, Mm -hmm. you can put some counters on your creatures when you give them lifelink and swing, and I am playing 31 creatures. So, so you know, it's not nothing. But I do play cards to make it so that my opponents can't cast spells on my turn. Um, So I will play cards like um, Silence. Mm -hmm. And so uh, your opponents cannot cast spells this turn. I'm playing uh, Orem's Chant for a white with Kicker of White. Target player can't cast spells. And if you kick this, creatures can't attack this turn. So you could prevent maybe just a huge swing. But in in most cases, you're just going to pay one white. Um, I am also running Angel's Grace. Split second, you can't lose the game this turn. Your opponents can't win the game. And if your life goes below one, it becomes one instead. So if there's something that's going to stop you um, before you get a chance, mm-hmm. you, you can hopefully live just for one turn. And then I am playing cards like Rule of Law and um, Deafening Silence. So players can't cast more than one spell each turn. I have Ether Sworn Canonist. Uh, you can't cast more than one non artifact spell per turn mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. essentially you are you are just trying to get out your combo here i'm running inventor's fair in the land slot so that i can pay for sack it i have a lot of artifacts so i can go grab my walking ballista i have a enlightened tutor enlightened tutor can also go grab the walking ballista and then if it does get countered i have buried rune so you can pay two sack it and return an artifact from your graveyard to your hand and then it's just a bunch of backup cards. I mean, for the most part, I've got Mother Rooms to give protection. I have uh, Hushwing Griff to prevent uh, ETB abilities. Uh, Hushbringer does the exact same thing. You're, you're really kind of trying to just slow down the game a little bit so that you can live to get to this. It's been pretty consistent so far. Mm-hmm. Uh, I do like it. I think that I want to change it up a little bit, though, and maybe put a few more alternate win cons in here that care about the life gain. Um, because right now it just ends up being, I have nothing else better to do. So I'll swing at you with this one, one, cause you're open, give it lifelink, gain one life and put one counter on it. So I guess it could become a two, two, then a three, three, then a four, four. I mean, it could start snowballing, mm-hmm. but for the most part, the game, I feel like this is, this is one of those decks with the way that I built it. And now that everybody has seen it, it becomes target number one or you always watch for the turn that they're going to play or that i'm going to play my walking ballista that's right and if i don't have silence i usually just don't do it mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> and then the, the silence has to be the card that's countered so you have to hold up two counter spells right so um i i mean i kind of like having the ability to to make people constantly think about this for sure um but it's been a very fun deck so far and it is my I think right now, yeah, it's my only mono white deck right now. So that's evolved over time. And uh, I will have the link to this Heliod list below if you're interested in checking it out. It's been really fun. So if you're looking for a deck that's mono white and cares about artifacts, um, this one, or even check out some lists for Nahiri, like we talked about earlier. Absolutely. Yeah. So that is the end of our episode this week. Um, If you would like to contact us you can find our podcast on twitter at guardian pod you can find me at at flory you can find me at worm coil engine and you can also email us at guardian project pod at gmail.com and if you're on discord and you're interested interested in joining the discussion send us a message and we'll get you an invite thank you all for listening yeah thanks we'll be back next week with episode 60 60 60 oh i know can you believe that yeah 
We had, we had 52. Like, that was a big that was a big milestone. 52 was a big milestone. Remember when I was like, it's episode 52. And you said, what? Remember? What does that matter? I said, it's one year. <laughs> oh, yeah. 